0: Mama, a word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Marin. We love mamas, and we love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in a closet. Because we have them too. We know that moms need moms, and that's where we come in.
1: And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with
0: you. This is your community. So, welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome, welcome to, to the, the mama-hood. mamahood. Hey, mamas. I'm Aubrey sitting here with Marin. Welcome to this week's episode. Today we're talking all about postpartum and the big words that encompass it. So depression, anxiety, and fatigue, you know, all the fun stuff. But before that, let's do a quick mom fail win up for the week. Okay, so my fail has to do with Target and I feel like so many of you moms can relate to this, but I, it takes all of me to get all three kids to the store, like I literally avoid the store like the plague. Like I will go days without, if we're out of milk, I'll go days until like my husband can go grab some because <laughs> I just hate going to the store. But this one time we were actually out, we were out of town and we were at Target and my husband, it was for a work trip. So we were hitting up Target while he was working and I took all my kids inside and my five-year-old, all of a sudden out of the blue, just he was mad about something. I honestly can't even remember what it was about. But he was super mad. Throwing, he, and he started to throw like a two-year-old tantrum. And I think that's okay. Sometimes kids need to like an outlet to like express themselves. But it was <laughs> it was one of those that was like jaw-dropping. Like, <laughs> are you seriously? Like, Who are you? Yeah. Like we we're in the dollar, the dollar section. I always say that like jokingly because it's like five dollars it's three to five but yeah (laughs) still my favorite section but we were in we had barely gotten into the store and he just screams bloody murder and I look around the entire store is just looking at us and I thought I'm so mad at you right now like this is where I want to be and we're leaving because this is not this is not working and I literally dragged him out to the car I was so mad and I like I really try hard not to yell but I definitely can turn into a yelling mom in a matter of seconds if i if i get if there's things going on that are not fine so i take him to the car and i i like to pride myself that i discipline the same wherever i am so like i don't care if people think i'm this is going to be me at home and this is going to be i don't want to be this monster at home and then this fake face out in public like that's just not me (laughs) i want to be like you want to be a monster everywhere i want to be a monster (laughs) everywhere well-rounded like at home and out you know like I want it to be I want it to be tasteful I I disciplining is not tasteful but like at least be as you can be yeah Mm -hmm. so but this day was not my day it was definitely a struggle took him out to the car he had a yelling I yelled at him inside the car (laughs) and this lady like probably was appalled at me she comes up grabs my cart my wallet was still in my cart she's like scared of me and I'm like she hands me my wallet like she doesn't say a word and I'm like it's probably good she didn't say anything because we are not in a good state right now right (laughs) it was one of those ones where I just was like why like why are we even let's not let's go home and just eat ice cream because this is not fun like yeah I don't know I think some days are just like that and you just have to chalk it up like I don't know sometimes it happens sometimes you I heard this analogy once where it's like If it's like burnt toast, what do you do with burnt toast? You just throw it away and grab another piece. Like it's one of those days, you just throw it away and grab another day. Like it's start again. Yeah, one Mm -hmm. of those fails. What about you, Mare? Um, I
1: (laughs) so many fails come to mind. Um, I'm going to say a win though because um, I. Because I thought it was going to be a fail and then it turned into a win. Yeah, let's hear and it. And it's um, we have like birthday central happen at our house at the end of April and the beginning of May. Um, it's like my both of my boys have their birthdays and my husband within a week of each other. And so it gets kind of like overwhelming. And I had just had a baby yeah. like a month, two months ago. So I was feeling really overwhelmed by the birthday Situation, like I didn't know that I would be able to make birthdays that awesome this year, and I love parties and I love planning them and everything. And so, I had really high expectations for myself. Um, but I ended up just deciding <laughs> to simplify it, and I felt really guilty about it. Like I was, I you should have seen my Pinterest board. We we wanted to do like a Winnie the Pooh party for my boys, but. And I had all these really, really grand ideas for our Winnie the Pooh party because my boys have been into Winnie the Pooh for a while. Anyways, long story short, um, it just got really simplified. I just felt really overwhelmed and kind of threw my hands in the air and was like, you know what? We're just going to celebrate the fact that we have these amazing boys and we're not going to do anything extravagant. And like on Henry's birthday, we just had a few friends over for cake he had some balloons that made him super happy. And um, I felt a little bit like emotional that night because I felt like I was more focused on how much I loved him versus like this huge party. And, yeah. Um, or what the, it looked like. Exactly. And our Winnie the Pooh party ended up literally just being like us at the park playing and then having like, Dallin's aunt made this awesome Winnie the Pooh cake for us. And I was feeling really guilty like, that I wasn't gonna be able to do something huge. Um, but just having family and friends there, my boys were so happy. I love Like, that. they were so happy to just be surrounded by their cousins, to like open a couple of presents that were just so. Dallin and I dropped the ball and just got the most random little things and just like blow out candles, like no extra games, no extra decorations. I think that's even it, better. Like, though. And it ended up just being. Probably my favorite, even over like the parties I've put a ton of effort into in the past years, because I wasn't that stressed. Yeah. So, I guess I thought it was a fail, turned into a win to just kind of simplify, simplify your life if you can, and just like be okay with things not going how you wanted, and then enjoy that it's Sometimes easier. It's better and that way, anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know that. if that makes sense, but
0: totally. I love that. I call that a win. <laughs> So
1: um, we thought we'd dive in and kind of share our experiences with these heavier topics and share what has helped us. Um, as always, we'll be completely raw and open on our end, but we also encourage you to talk to your doctor if you're needing
0: to get the help that that you really need. Okay, so it's kind of interesting. Both me and Mare have had similar experiences with postpartum depression, anxiety, and fatigue. And honestly, like talking about it, this is probably our first time sharing with each other. I've shared with other, maybe on social media, sometimes bits and pieces, or even, I can't remember if I shared it in your other podcast too, but just different parts of our motherhood and postpartum, um, just sharing that, those experiences together. So Mayor, how about you start us off and just share your experience. Let's start with depression, postpartum depression. Um, and all
1: three of these things are so different. And um, I was telling Aubrey before we started recording That So I experienced postpartum depression um, for the first time after I had my first baby and I that feels so long ago and I wrote this little like blog post about it. And um, I'm just going to read like a little excerpt from it because I feel like it can connect um, more to my actual feelings at this time. Um, So I'll start now. It says, not just a hard time, not just a bad day, not something that goes away with a good cry or a bowl of ice cream, not something that you can just pick yourself up and walk away from, feeling like a small piece of matter occupying space in the world, wishing your husband had a better wife, longing for an appetite, always seeking another distraction, constant fear and worry that something bad will happen to your child. Hoping you'll wake up from this dream to feeling normal again. Loneliness, even when there are people around. The ability to put on a happy face with a group of people, but crying later because you feel like none of them would understand if you told them how you felt. Someone might say, let me know if I can help. And on the inside, you're pleading for help, but don't know what you need. So you just sit there and you say nothing. Feeling crazy. Crying without a purpose. Spiraling thoughts, clinging to good moments because you know they will pass quickly. Feeling that the only person you're connected to in the whole wide world is your baby. Um, Reading this gives me all sorts of feelings and I don't really remember that person and I don't feel like I can relate to those feelings um, as strongly right now. But when I wrote them, they were consuming. And others who are experiencing this may not, relate to you either. People who aren't experiencing depression may not be able to relate to you either, or fully get where your headspace is, but that doesn't mean that what you're going through is not real. Um, postpartum depression was something that I never expected would come into my life or experience because I've always felt like I was just a happy person. And so to feel these feelings, these overwhelming feelings of sadness um, and not be able to relate them to anything or understand why they were there was really hard and confusing for me. Um, it was something I was required to become acquainted with and it wasn't my favorite trial. Um, but I conquered it. And unlike other things, I couldn't conquer it all at once. Um, there wasn't an antibiotic I could just magically take or a surgery to make it go away. Um, and I think it's, important that we understand that postpartum depression is real that you will conquer it but it's okay that it's not all going to be conquered right now and that it's okay that it's only going to be conquered in small steps or just gradually a little bit at
0: at a time I love that I feel like we could end there and have it be so powerful I I just love those words are just so I mean when you're going through it those are exact descriptions um, the last one you said, I, mine was a tiny bit different where I didn't feel that connection with my baby or anybody. And I think mm-hmm. some, sometimes you do. And sometimes maybe that where it's interesting it's to hear different. that's your only, mm-hmm. yeah, your only connection. And for me, it was like, where is that connection? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's different for everybody. And in, And I think there's different levels of postpartum depression as well. Um, for me, I feel like, I kind of waited till the baby blues. I, I always knew you had baby blues after babies. I just thought that was like a given. And I heard had heard like you wait the two weeks and then you're going to be fine. And then if it's longer than two weeks, then it's something more. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what I kind of did with mine is I just waited the two weeks. And then after those two weeks, like I had lost 25 pounds in two weeks after having a baby, I just wouldn't eat. Like I just, I think I felt like, I could control, that was something I could control because everything else felt out of control. Like I couldn't, breastfeeding was really hard. And I, I, I don't know like the science behind it, but I swear there's a connection with breastfeeding and um, postpartum depression. I felt like it spiraled me a little bit because I felt so much pressure doing it and I kept getting mastitis and I kept feeling like it wasn't working. And I remember trying to breastfeed and we've talked about breastfeeding before and some people, do really well with it. And some people don't. But for me, it was a real struggle. And so I would just like, I just remember holding my kid and these teardrops would fall on his face. And like, because I was in so much pain, like it was, I just was like, how do people love this? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. this is so hard. And so for me, it was that I just really wanted that to work and it wasn't working. And I was putting so much pressure on myself. Like, oh, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be the best mom. I was the best babysitter growing up. I was the best sister. Like, I like loved babies. And then when it happened, it just, I, I just had the hardest time and not just with the physical job of motherhood, but just in that mental space of just darkness and feeling, um, my baby was born in the middle of winter. So that also didn't help, yeah. but I, I got really dark and it, you feel crazy. Like what you said, you feel like, like nobody understands you. You put a face when you go out, but when you come back in, it's just like a world that you can't describe. And I, I, I'm, I'm all about like trying to see the light of things. I'm a positive thinker. I feel like that was never in me either. But at the same time, I think postpartum depression is so much deeper than you can control and so much deeper than your personality. It's not just a bad day. It's not just, um, uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's an imbalance chemically in your body that's off. And I think that so many of us think it's a weakness to have that. And so either you try to shrug it off or you're embarrassed to talk about it with your doctor or embarrassed to talk about it with your spouse. For me, I was going through it. I'd lost so much weight. I didn't, I just, I was struggling really bad to a point where I felt like my family would be better off without me. I felt like, like I wanted to hand my baby off to somebody else. I wanted to, Oh, I hate, I hate, I hated that time. It's not fun. Um, I was suicidal. And there was times where I just felt like, why, why am I here? I'm not a good mom. I can't breastfeed him. I can't, I'm not good. Like I can't, I'm just, I don't know how to hold him. I don't, I would just felt like I couldn't do it. And I had these, these craziest thoughts. I think my, my battle with it was the, the thoughts that I had. And it's so interesting. We're going to talk more about this book that, I have been reading a lot. It's called strong as a mother and I'll probably refer to it all the time in these podcast episodes, but she talks a lot about those bad thoughts because I think they're more common than we talk about. I think so for me, I had to like hide the knives because I would just have these bad thoughts about maybe killing my whole family. Like I I felt like a monster. I felt really crazy. And I thought if I even told my husband that he would leave me, like I had all these irrational Mm -hmm. thoughts of everything. And there's a difference between um, having those thoughts and, and knowing that you're not going to do them, and having those thoughts, and we talked about this with Sarah Powers as well in our other episode, but where, um, but there's another more serious type where I want to say it's is it psychosis or something where mm-hmm. they have those thoughts and then actually would do harmful things, and so yeah. I think you have to recognize where your where your mind is at. And if you're having those thoughts where you actually would do something harmful to you or your babies or family or anybody, then you need to get help immediately, like to the ER. Like you need to go, even if you feel brave enough just to go by yourself or just to have your husband take you, or your best friend, whoever, you need to get that help that you need because that's not coming from you. That's coming, coming from an imbalance of hormones, imbalance chemically inside your body. It is not you. You are not a monster and you are not the darkness that you feel. Um, I've been there and it's not fun. And being mindful of where those are coming from and seeking the help that you need, see where you're at with that. And we've mentioned before too, like the first thing you can do is just talk to somebody about it and see where your headspace is with all of it to see how to help yourself because it's a dark corner and you need to allow people to help you. And what Marion said, I think is so true. There's like a meme out there that has this cartoon mom who's holding this nursing baby. She's nursing her baby. She has like this bubble behind her and the person in front of her is like, can I help? And she's like, no, I'm okay. And then behind her is like, I need help with breastfeeding, cleaning my house, making meals, like all these things. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Like we we have these this burden placed on our shoulders, especially after having a baby. And I think- it takes a lot of humility to allow that help, but we all need it. Whether you're having depression or not, I think having that help is super needed. So in my experience, I, um, when it got to that point, I had, I, someone had asked me how I really was doing. And I really appreciated that because I felt like, Oh, I, this, this isn't normal. Like, you're I'm normal for feeling this way. Like I'm not a crazy person. Like she kind of normalized it for me. And I hope with you listening to this episode, you'll feel that way and know that it's okay to talk about and reach out to us if you need to, because she basically just asked me how I was doing and I finally opened up and she said, you need to talk to your husband. And so I like mustered all my brave bravery and courage to, to talk to him because I was, I truly in my mind, he would never in a million years, but in my mind I thought he would leave and, um, because of how crazy I felt and I told him and he was so understanding and so willing to help me. And from that point on, I was able to get help, whether it was th- through medication, um, exercise, getting outside. There's so many different things that help me naturally as well. But I just strongly encourage to f- have that somebody you can run to because you need someone to help you get out of the, o- it's like you're, you're treading water and you need someone to throw you a life jacket. You need some help because you can't do it on your own. And you can try. You can try to tread for as long as you want, but you cannot do it on your own without help.
1: I love you, <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: When you said that, I just
1: <laughs> was reminded of a memory um, during this time because, I mean, three years feels like a long time ago, but it's really not. And um, I remember experiencing all these feelings, writing this journal post that I read to you. Um, and... <laughs> We ended up going to Jackson Hole when my baby was like two months old, and I remember my one of my best friends, I will just Maddie, um, was performing at Jackson Hole, and we went to see her perform. And we were staying in a cabin, and um, I hadn't really, at this point, spoken my feelings either. I think there's some sort of shame associated with it, Mm -hmm. and I don't know where that comes from, but it's there and maybe I just felt like some like I think my main fear was that like Dallin would think I was being dramatic or something when I really wasn't and um he never would but I thought he yeah and we got to Jackson Hole we watched my friend perform in her performance and afterwards she came back to the cabin with us and um she came and sat on the bed by me and this is like my best friend of my whole life like I've known her since I was really little really young and she just brought me into a big bear hug, and she was like, "Mare, do you have postpartum depression?" And I hadn't um, ever vocalized my feelings. And she said, "I can just see it in your eyes. Do you have postpartum depression?" And in that moment, I just broke down crying. I was like, "Yes, I do, and I don't know how to talk about it, and I don't know what to do." And I will. I thanked her for this moment actually, just a couple weeks ago, because. If she hadn't have asked me, I don't know how long I would have gone without fixing it Mm -hmm. or trying to talk about it or trying to work through it. But there's something to be said about just speaking it and that just released it for me. And if there's someone that you trust that you can speak it to, um, that's the first step to making progress. And I'm so, so grateful for a good friend who just knew and who just asked you said about your friend.
0: I love that for me. I just, it's like that quote that just says you just need 30 seconds of insane courage. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me that was at a point where um, I'll kind of just share real quick how I ended up getting help was I was eating some dinner, which consisted of probably two carrots. That was my dinner. I mean, I, I kind of was starving myself a little bit and um and I remember my baby had I just put my baby to in his crib so he was safe and my husband was at work and my body was so broken and so weak that I ended up passing out onto the floor and my plate landed on the floor and I remember looking up in um our hallway, we were just in like a little apartment at the time, but I looked in our hallway and there was a beautiful picture of Christ that is my very favorite. It's small, it's nothing fancy. It's just a humble picture of him. And I remember laying on the ground and I said out loud, is this it? Like, am I gonna die? Like, I really felt like I was dying from postpartum depression. Whether it was harming myself or starving myself, I thought I was, this was gonna be the way I go. And I truly believed that, like I thought, this is it for me. Like when you're in that headspace, it is, it is really dark and really scary. And I felt for like kind of forgotten. Like, where are you heavenly father? Like, and at the moment I looked in the hall and I saw the picture of Christ. And for some, some, I don't know how else to describe it or explain, but there was some power that was given to me to stand up and to keep going and to keep being a mom and to keep just can, just to, continued to get that 30 seconds of insane courage to call the doctor and when I did the nurse immediately prescribed me some medication to help and I truly believe that sometimes the hardest part is that very first step and if you need a friend to tell you that or if you need God to tell you that or if you need whatever it might be in my case it really was I continue to have that picture in my house because I feel like I really had that divine help to get myself back up because it is such a hard place to be in, and I think allowing others to help you or God to help you or whatever it may be, get the help you need, because you need to be here for your babies. Your babies need you, and you are the perfect mom for them. They're sent to you for a reason, and they need you to be here. And
1: they love you more than
0: anything. Even if even if you feel like they don't. I felt like my they baby don't. hated me, and it is. Right. there's no
1: worse feeling. But they don't know... Anything else. They don't really have anything else to love besides you. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much strength to be gained by knowing that you are so insanely and incredibly loved by that little person, even if those hormones associated with having them is kind of making you a little bit crazy. Or if you don't believe that of yourself. Right. Yeah. I love that. If you are in the thick of postpartum depression, we want you to know some things. We want you to know that you are a good mom and a good person that you are not crazy and that like Aubrey said your body is experiencing a lack and not coping with it properly I want you to know that it will go away eventually how long it takes for it to go away is different for every single person but it will go away and I think just knowing that and knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel however long it may be and whatever it takes is so hopeful Most importantly, it's okay to seek professional or medical treatment. In fact, we highly recommend it. We want you to know that you're worthy of being happy. And I think one of the main feelings I would associate with this time was that I didn't feel like I was worthy of happiness. But you are worthy of being happy and you will be happy again. We know that you feel angry sometimes. We know that you wonder if you're forgotten or forsaken by a higher power sometimes. Um, or if you're even loved. And we know that you crave freedom from this. Seek help and rely on whatever power brings you strength. Go outside, talk to someone, turn on music and try really hard to sing along with it. Um, smell your baby, ingest the environment around you, eat good food, write in your journal. Try your best to love yourself because you are worth loving and, Um, if you can start with loving yourself and finding things to love about yourself, then you can start to see the light at the end of this, but we get into this cycle of not being able to feel like we can love ourselves. Um, and lastly, fight hard, even if the fight is long, um, and it might be long and it might not be that long, but just fight hard and don't give up on yourself. I love that. So the next thing we wanted to discuss is um, a sister to postpartum depression, which is anxiety. Oh, man, this one's (laughs) this this one's one's pretty um, fresh, fresh (laughs) day in and day out for us. So we're just going to be really open about kind of our experience with you right now.
0: Okay, so this is tricky for me to explain or to give any advice on because I'm actually in the thick of it right now um and needing to go get help myself for this. But I um it's so interesting how different they can be. They're the same I feel like they're underneath the same umbrella. Depression and anxiety are but they're so different. I but feel they're like. they're just a different feeling for me. So yeah. like depression was really like dark and harmful and those words just I mean all of those encompass depression to me. But with anxiety I feel like I'm it's stemmed off of fear. Like straight uh-huh. up fear for everything. My yeah. brain is like And I think a lot of it stems from fatigue, which we'll talk about in a second. But like, I can't, I can't get past, um, like having a newborn baby and like SIDS or, you know, whatever it might be that just triggers any kind of anxiety with my little baby. Her outlet went off when she was two months old. And so I've struggled with anxiety late at night. Like every single night is like a battle for me. And so. I don't know. I don't have a ton of advice on this because I'm in the process of figuring it out if I'm being really honest. And I'm just like, why am I freaking out over like my husband even going to work? Like your brain just works. Your brain is incredible, but it also can work not in your favor, too. And I think sometimes we get we have to be really careful and really self-aware And I feel like I'm going through it right now. So even talking about this helps me just feel aware of what it is that I'm going through and that it's okay to get help, whether it's a counselor that you need to see or I don't know, there's so many different avenues. And I think for me, the hardest part is I'm so busy with three kids all the time that it is hard to figure out like, okay, well, when can I, because my doctor was saying, okay, do yoga practice. I love like trying all the natural stuff first. So for him, it was, you want to kind of get into the present moment of where you're at because your anxiety mind shoots to all these different directions and if you slow it down and you notice the sky is blue and the ground beneath you is cold and the air around you is a little bit breezy, like if you kind of take yourself into the moment where you're at, it helps your brain slow down and not feel those anxiety feelings. So doing that or yoga helps a ton, gratitude practices. Um, I started doing a little bit of meditation where like, I don't know, there's so many different kinds that can help. So I don't know. What's your experience with it, Mer? Mine's really similar.
1: It's definitely um, fear-based as well. And I I feel like I tend to be like a pretty fearful person in my life in general. Like I kind of live with a lot of fears. And um, so it's just been really heightened this time around. And um, mine manifests itself in like... Like you said, night is really hard for me. I'm usually yeah, so okay weird. during the day, um, but nighttime gets really, really hard. And for me, like I love sleep. Um, and anyone who's known me my whole life knows that I just love going to bed. Like I'm happy to go to bed early, mm-hmm. but ever since I've had my baby, um, I just, well, and that actually started when I was pregnant. Um, I actually just like end up having a little bit of like, I can't go to sleep because I'm so scared to go to sleep, if that makes sense. And, um, a part of that is night terrors. And, um, I would be interested to hear from other moms if they experience this, because I haven't really like my best friend, Jamie has it too, but I haven't really talked to anybody else who has this kind of the same, but like mine really manifesting like really, really bad dreams. Like the type of dreams where something bad is happening to my kid and I can't stop it from happening. And I usually wake up crying because I feel like it's real. And this happens, I mean, it's happened less now, but pretty frequently when I was like about to have my baby and then when she was first born. And then I was so afraid of like having these night terrors that I would like literally keep myself up all night trying not to fall asleep because I was so afraid of falling asleep (laughs) to have these bad dreams, if that makes sense. So, um, then I started having really severe fatigue, which we'll talk about. Um, I've had like moments where I'm suddenly really afraid of like, (laughs) this sounds crazy to admit, but like really afraid that my husband will kill me or like really afraid that, um, something awful and violent and terrible like that could just happen to me and, um, or to my kids mostly. So some things that I found helped me and I still struggle with this, but um, connecting with heaven um, is huge for me. Putting technology aside, um, it makes it worse for me. I find that when I'm like invested in a screen and I've just been scrolling on a screen for too long, Uh, My anxiety just builds. Um, And so putting away like the phone, the TV, the screen, whatever it is, um, and connecting with the world around me and being really invested in what's happening in my surroundings and in the people around me is a big help for me. Um, I've found that a lot of my fears are based in losing somebody that I love. So One of the quickest ways to overcome my anxiety is to look into the eyes of somebody that I love, my husband or my kids, and to connect with them um, through talking or physical touch and to just be really aware of their presence in my life and really aware that they are there, that they're safe, that we are all okay, (laughs) and sort of just just stepping away and, and connecting with what's actually happening right in front of my face. We are so excited to welcome our sponsor for this episode, Lucky and Me. Lucky and Me is an adorable online children's shop that focuses on children's underwear products.
0: They're super soft fabric blends, several products featuring 100% organic cotton. They're perfect for sensitive skin, which is huge for my little kids. The quality design and the fit that can stand up to all day play, which is a must. And they always have tag lists. There's never a tag on them and they're machine washable we've been living in these because
1: my little boy just recently got potty trained. He absolutely loves these underwear products. And as I've compared them to the underwear that we've bought at other places, just like your typical store, um, they are so much softer. Like we said, no tag and And they're cute. Yes. So cute. The quality just can't be beat. And the the colors are adorable. They have a huge variety of colors to pick from. I love that. So you can find them at luckyandme.com. And they have been so generous and given us a code for our listeners. So you're going to get 25% off your entire order with free shipping over $35 with code MAMAHOOD25. That is MAMAHOOD25 at luckyandme.com. Okay, back to the show.
0: I think it's important to recognize like with all of this I mean we're kind of in the middle of it so it's kind of hard to just spat out all this advice it's that's gonna it's not everything we're doing is just stuff that's helping us and you kind of have to feel you kind of have to find what helps you I I wish I knew why moms have to go through this (laughs) like why is it even a thing I don't know but I do know that it's okay to in these cases with anxiety or depression or whatever it may be to have your needs come first so that you can take care of your babies. And I think it's like what we we're talking about in our soul care episode where you were just like it's okay to set up appointments for yourself, you know? I think half of the battle is calling the doctor, taking that very first step with any of this, I think is the hardest part, but you're already so strong and so brave and you have it in you. You you've got it in you. You know, whether it be giving birth Going through depression, going through anxiety, we bear these scars, and we—some of them are more visible than others. A lot of them are not, and a lot of them, a lot of us are are struggling at the same time, and we might not even know it. And I think these scars, there are just there's—they're they're what makes the motherhood journey, motherhood. But I also believe that you can heal from those, and you can stand back up, and you—if you can just muster that little bit of courage, you can do it. You got it in you.
1: Love that. When you feel like you're in the moment, um, or when you're in the moment, it can feel like it will never go away. Um, and what I, <laughs> what I need to tell myself right now, is what I wish I would have told, what I wish someone would have told me when I had depression, which is t- that it will end. Mm-hmm. It's um, just like kind of what you tell yourself when you're like. <laughs> when you have the stomach flu and you're throwing up and you have to just keep telling yourself over and over again like tomorrow this will be gone or when you're for me at a dentist appointment and (laughs) they're drilling and you hate it just like the things that you have to tell yourself to get through these hard moments like this will end when you're having a baby whatever um tell yourself that I know that it's so hard to believe, but just tell yourself if you need to repeat like a mantra in the mirror every day Mm -hmm. and and look at yourself, look at yourself, look at these scars. We've talked a lot about scars and accept what they are and then look yourself in the eye and tell yourself this will end. Yeah. Then you can get through it. Just know
0: that it will end. And even just knowing that is so helpful to hear too. And I think knowing that it's not you, like knowing that like your sadness, all of these darker moments, it's not you. It really is just a physical chemical imbalance. So the last little thing that we
1: wanted to talk about, um, it's not a little thing. This is actually like my biggest thing, but um, is fatigue. And fatigue, I feel like even gets talked about less than anxiety and depression because I think... We feel like fatigue is a little bit self-inflicted. And (laughs) this is just so real for me right now. Um, I've experienced fatigue before in my life, but never to like this level to where I feel like I am literally a crazy person. Um, And I don't know if um, you've seen the movie Tolly.
0: Mm-mm.
1: It came out last year and it has, um, Shirley's Theron in it. We need to watch it. I know. Um, it was amazing. Um, it's about postpartum fatigue and it's just such a good movie. Um, and it's about this mom who <laughs> I could cry now thinking cause this is my life is, you know, she's not necessarily dealing with depression. She's not necessarily dealing with anxiety or baby blues. But she is just day in and day out doing what we do as moms with new babies, waking up every two hours, um, being awake all night, being awake all day with kids who don't sleep, um, and feeling a little bit trapped. I can just relate to this right now a lot. Um, feeling a little bit like in a prison cell and the bars surrounding you are you're your exhaustion and you can't get out of it and um like it's hard because people offer a lot like hey, let me come over and give you a nap or um my husband will say like why don't you just like sleep an extra hour this morning but that doesn't fix it because mm-hmm. when you get into this level of like sorry <sighs> this level of fatigue that is just consuming you, it almost becomes like a part of your personality right now. Um, A two hour nap's not going to fix it. And so I think I've just been dealing with this um, level of feeling like I don't know how to get out. You know what I mean? And it feels forever away that my baby will sleep through the night and Mm -hmm. that I will actually be able to get caught up on my sleep. I feel like I'm like living off of caffeine, which I know isn't good for me, but I can't function without it, and I need to be present for my kids who are awake and Mm -hmm. doing their life. And um, my experience with fatigue has literally left me feeling like the worst mom in the entire world, and I know that I'm not because I know my heart, and I know what matters to me, and I know that my children's safety matter to me, but I have literally done like the most insane things, and I've tried to... Like I, I choose to laugh at them when they happen. Like, for instance, going and being at a drive thru and instead of handing them my credit card, <laughs> the handing them a baby wipe <laughs> and holding it out the window oh, and expecting oh them gosh. to take it, and the poor like teenage kid stares at me like I'm insane. And I was able in that moment to like hop on Marco Polo and tell my friends like, Oh my gosh, can you believe this thing I just
0: did? I'm so tired. <laughs> um or well there's a reason why there's like there really is torture where they make people stay awake and i feel like Mm -hmm. that sometimes i'm like this is torture like i feel like i'm being tortured because i have to stay awake right now Mm -hmm. so it's it's not it's not like we joke about it but like it's a real like it's It is not fun. Yeah. Well, these things happen like that or me driving
1: to my old house that I lived in months ago and pulling in the driveway and clicking the garage clicker, expecting the garage to open and it doesn't. And then I realize I'm at my old house Yeah, and I laugh about it. But then I bawl my eyes out an hour later when I realize that I'm just so tired. So tired. Yeah. And that I'm worried. I know that I won't do anything dangerous to my kids. I know that I'm have the state of mind enough not to do that but i think there are moms who don't even know that they can and Mm -hmm. like this movie totally i'm gonna link it in the show notes and recommend it she ends up um driving like off a bridge because she's so tired and um there are people experiencing this level of fatigue i feel like i've i've gotten pretty deep in this level of fatigue and there are people who experience it even more and I just want to talk about this because I don't want you to just live with this and not acknowledge that it's there or not give yourself the validation you need to say like, I am freaking tired. Mm -hmm. And like, it's not just like, I am tired, but this is like a real issue right now. Mm -hmm. And to try and find ways to solve it.
0: I love this because I think it's so true. I mean you see all, all the time, like on the news of someone, a mom accidentally leaving her baby in the cart or whatever. And how, who are we to judge that mom's brain? She is so tired. You know, like I just, you gasp and you think, how could someone ever do that? Well, yeah, if you weren't sleeping at all, I don't think, I mean, some moms don't sleep for years at a time. You haven't, you haven't had more than two or three hours in like the past three years. Mm-hmm. So that is deep into fatigue where, you know, your brain is, is not functioning and I think at that point you know you do need to get help whatever that looks like for you and I think it's okay to be open-minded of of the help and give maybe ideas in this whole episode like Mary and I love was listing out different things like keeping a journal like with the anxiety or whatever all these different avenues because it's gonna look different for everybody and it's gonna be whether that is like for me having a two-hour nap might help me last at least like two more days you know so that help is always like taken gladly (laughs) Mm -hmm. but at the same time it is a chronic type thing it's a chronic fatigue and and even I mean maybe getting going to the doctor and checking your levels with your thyroid stuff or different things where um there are different things that moms have whether it is different levels of hormones or thyroid issues or whatever it might be that you might need that extra help or that extra supplement to help you medically but then there's other other things that we like to talk about that we do for ourselves day by day and Mm so I don't know I think it looks different for everybody I think for me I've worked out a system with my husband to where I'm up all night but then like I have mentioned in previous times that he lets me sleep in a couple extra hours in the morning and that's how I'm functioning and I think it's okay my friend Caitlin always says are you surviving or are you thriving yet in motherhood after having a baby and I think it takes a while to kind of figure out where you're at on that line because for the most part I feel like I'm still surviving you know, but hopefully we'll get to a point where we are thriving or maybe some days we're thriving and some days we're surviving, but I think it's okay to be surviving sometimes and thriving sometimes. And if your goal is to get to that point of thriving and to take those steps, whatever it might be, um, just knowing that it's okay to be in the survival mode too. And it's okay to allow yourself to, to let the kids watch a show for a minute so you can sleep. And it's okay to put yourself, your needs ahead of yourself. I eat before my kids because ever since having depression, I, um I realized that food is an issue for me so I'm going to make sure I'm fed so that I can happily feed my kids and take better care of them. So that is something I constantly do all the time. Um like even today I just did it before coming here because I feel like I'm so much better if I have food in me and I'm so much more patient. You know, whatever it might be, find what mm-hmm. what makes you tick and if that means having someone help you in different aspects, so if it makes you feel a little bit less Tiring if you can have a bath and rejuvenated, like find those things that can help you feel a little bit rejuvenated every single day so that you have at least that mentality of rejuvenation and not just drained fatigue. I think there's a difference between between that drained fatigue where you don't know where else to get help or anything or the fatigue where... You're so dang tired, but you have these things that are helping you survive it. And Mm -hmm. I think finding those things that help you survive it are key and so important because it is such a rut to feel like you're stuck.
1: I think if I were to just give a few things that have helped me to kind of get over the rut of fatigue um, just the day to day, it's not gone right now for me. But express your needs to your spouse or if you're a single mom to a trusted friend who you know can help you. If you reach that level of tired where, like, you literally cannot function, just ask somebody. I know it can be, like, super embarrassing or you can feel kind of like, oh, well, I should be able to take care of my own kids and stuff. But you shouldn't feel that way. You should feel like you can ask for help. Um, The next thing that has helped me is going for, like, a brisk walk. Um, even if like my husband walks in the door and I've hit that like five o'clock wall where I feel like I can't make it through bedtime or the rest of the day, like getting out of the house and like just walking around the block, the block really quickly and breathing in like fresh air or taking my kids on a walk is huge to help me to feel energized exercise or anything physical helps with that. Um, and then um, eating something or drinking cold water is um, making sure that you, like Ob said, are giving your body. Like our body needs two Build types. It up, our body needs yeah. two types of fuel. It needs sleep and it needs food, nutrition. Um, and if you aren't getting enough of sleep to fuel your body, at least make sure. Your body is getting the other type Which of fuel Which is hard too because when
0: you feel like crap, you just eat crap. I do right. at least. Yeah. So I totally. think that's
1: huge. You really need both, but um, make sure that you're at least giving yourself one of them. And if you're not getting sleep, give yourself good nutrition and the other type of fuel that you need.
0: I love that. I think that helps a ton. I don't know. I just think with with all of these, you know, depression, anxiety, and fatigue, just to kind of wrap things up, unless you have more to say on that, um, is, is that... I just hope that I love what Marion said earlier, that you look yourself in the mirror for just two seconds and you just realize how strong you are and you recognize your scars that you've you've had, but you also know that you have it in you to to do this. You have it you have every single bit inside of you already to get through this. And it's just a stage. It's not gonna last forever. And none of these three things we've talked about portray weakness at all they are not a sign of any kind of weakness they're a sign of strength and I hope you recognize that I agree
1: love yourself mamas love yourself as much as we love you as much as your kids love you as much as your friends love you as much as your God loves you love yourself that much love that Um, if you enjoyed this episode let us know let us know um, if you have any tips or tricks to add if there's any of these topics you want us to hit on later we know that this is; these are hard topics, and it can be hard to hear at times or to acknowledge that we're experiencing them. And we hope that you'll reach out for help if you need it. Above all, reach out for help if you need it. From medical professionals, from friends, from us, um, just talk about what you need. Um, you can find us on Instagram at mamahood, You can find us on Facebook at the Mommahood Podcast Group. You can find us through email at Podcast at gmail.com. Um and if you scroll down and leave us a review then we can reach more mamas like you. Thanks for listening.